Hello and welcome to The Outer Frame, I'm your host Jason Sellers and on today's episode we will be discussing Jordan Peele's newest horror film, Us, as well as wildly speculating about upcoming movies and TV shows. But first, let me introduce the scariest doppelganger I know, Donnie Nelson! (laughs) Oh, that's a bad noise. That's the noise they made though. Yeah, nailed it, nailed it. Didn't peak my microphone levels at all. Perfect. Am I talking to the real Jason, or am I talking to the doppelganger? <laughs> I guess we won't know until the twist ending. I don't, I don't know how to answer that without spoiling the movie and the podcast. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> okay. Uh. All right. So. I'm just going to get into it and ask you what is the worst thing that you've seen recently. Okay, if we're go- yeah, if we're starting off with worst thing, um I'm just going to say uh Okay, so there's this movie. It was made quite a while ago. It's called G-Force. And the hamster movie? Yes, the ha- the the guinea pig movie. Mm-hmm. Cuz it's that's why they're G-Force. Um and I watched it with my nephew, and it was actually surprisingly like it's it's dumb in the way that it's just referential, and the entire soundtrack is Black Eyed Peas, so you know it was like around 2008, and like literally like I think every single song off that album is used on that in that movie, and Zach Galifianakis is like the the main like human lead which i didn't realize i thought he was one of the guinea pigs for the longest time um but no there's like uh is it like dax shepherd and like uh tracy tracy morgan <laughs> like it's a it's a lot of weird stuff in there that i was not expecting and that is a very strange cast <laughs> yes um but you know what i i didn't mind it like for something that is kind of kind of dumb and you're only supposed to laugh at because it's really stupid oh that's the thing i was remembering you talk about a weird cast guess who the villain is in that movie jason lee no nicholas cage <laughs> oh my gosh yeah that's amazing. i don't want to spoil the movie for anyone but there is one of the animated characters i'll say who you wouldn't even recognize his voice but at the very end it's the same thing with spider noir from into the spider-verse you're like, oh, yeah, hmm. And then at the end, it's just like, Nicolas Cage. I'm like, uh, excuse me? <laughs> but, you know, like, he gets around. He does work. So, and, like, I, like, Nicolas Cage, he gets a lot of shit. But, like, he's actually, like, you know, really versatile. So, but I would recommend people watch that. I literally bought it for, like, two bucks in a bargain bin on Blu-ray with the DVD and digital copy. So, like it's pretty easy to get a hold of. Oh but, man, so so you didn't even just like skim past this on TV. You went out and bought this. No, this was something that like uh has been sitting in my storage room for like 2 years because I just bought a whole handful of ones that were like 2 bucks and then I was gotcha. like, "Huh, G-Force. I'm not doing anything else in my life right now." So I'm just curious, uh when you bought this handful of uh $2 DVDs, what else was in there? 
Do you remember? Uh, yeah, there's some like weird like racing compilations of like, you know, the Indy 500 from like the 60s or something. Um, there's also like uh, there was like a C. Oh, the Kamish that I need to start watching because it's before Vic Mackey was Vic Mackey. It's when uh, oh, yeah. Michael Chiklis was the the commissioner, the commish, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it 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 struck me as weird because I looked in the bin and I was just like, "Hey, that looks like why does he have hair?" And it was it was, and so uh, I need to because that's just sitting in the other room here, and it's something that's been on my list to start watching. I would love to have been the person that uh, ran your checkout. At wherever you bought these from, just to see that random assortment. <laughs> yeah, uh, they didn't care. Uh, racing compilations, G-force, and uh, the commish. The one other uh, piece of gold that I that I took out of that mine of of junk was um, diamond in the rough, as you would say, is uh, surf ninjas, which I think I've mentioned oh. once before. I have heard that that movie is phenomenally terrible, but highly entertaining. Mm-hmm. The main bad guy is defeated by a kid who is playing the Game Gear, the Sega Game <laughs> Gear. So it's, oh, it's very good, I, and it, it I, has Rob Schneider in it. Very good. <sighs> so uh, G-Force is entertaining. Yeah, it's like, entertaining. You know, all right. I mean, it's the worst thing you saw this week, but it's entertaining. It's the worst thing I saw um, this week, but if you want to see Tracy Morgan in gerbil form, like, <laughs> you're kind of in short supply. That's going to be the place to go for it. Oh, the, the one other thing that I wanted to say is that I know that Nicholas. I know we've talked about this before, but I know that Nicholas Cage gets a lot of flack, but I, I will defend him to the death because he is a phenomenal actor. He just really likes to work. Absolutely. And I don't think, like... I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I don't watch his uh, his his bad quotation marks movies per se, but I watch the good ones. Um, and he's in he's in quite a few good yep. flicks. And and I'll just make sure because I feel like I bring this up on every other episode of the podcast. But um, remember, mark your calendars, July fourteenth. <laughs> All right, that's the day. Connor day. Connor that's day. the day. I mean. Real quick, last year alone, he was in Into the Spider Verse. He was in Mandy, Mandy, and he, yep. and he was in Mom and Dad. Mom and Dad, uh, and, uh, directed by one of the two Crank directors. Yep, Brian mm-hmm. Taylor. Yep, and not Neville those, Dean. Nope, and those two, those or sorry, those three films are absolutely fantastic. All right, the worst thing that I have seen recently. Is okay. So, I watched Super Troopers two. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like I'm. I have issues with Broken Lizard in the sense that I think they can come up with really great first halves of jokes that just don't pay off well. And I have a really hard time watching their movies because I want to to like them. And I think that all of those guys, all of those actors are really charismatic and really fun to watch. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for, just for example, like I love watching Club Dread. I love watching the first I was about Super to Troopers. Say, yeah, Club Dread is one of those movies that is, uh, I believe, is um, underrated. That movie. Oh, is, abs- yeah, absolutely. And I also really like uh, Puddle Cruiser, their first one. Um, Beer Fest, I was a fan of, and then I rewatched it the other day. And by the other day, I mean I don't know a couple months ago. And uh-huh. man, that movie is nothing but naked women and guys trying to look at them. Wow! So <laughs> I did not make it that far <laughs> into Beer Fest. But anyway, my point being that I I think that they can be really funny. I feel like they get halfway done with a really fun idea, and then they just quit. Um, well, I, I I didn't watch Super Troopers 2, but I did catch a little bit like as I was walking by a television. And I can tell you this much, that between the first Super Troopers and this one, uh, like it, it, they haven't really run out of like the steam of, like you said, like having a good setup for a joke. And then them thinking that they can just ride on, like, weird quips to, like, punch at it. Like, they don't, like, there's not a punchline per se. They just feel like they can just pepper a bunch of, like, little quips at the end to make it to, to, and they think it's the funniest thing in the world. Which, you know what, they do get me sometimes like that, but otherwise, I know what you mean. Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, I still laugh at... Uh, Club Dread, Super Troopers One. I laugh at Puddle Cruiser. I'm 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 kind of a fan of theirs. I just wish that they tried harder. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And and when I was watching this, I think that all right. There are two things that are really hard about watching this movie. The first one is that a lot of it is just callbacks to the first one, which is to be expected. But at the same time, it's kind of annoying because. All of the jokes just center around, hey, remember when we did this? Like, we going to drink some syrup again? <laughs> hey, remember Leader of Cola? That was funny, right? Made you laugh the first time. Well, we're doing it again. Yeah, it, did it, that it guy just... spit in my burger, you know? <laughs> it just kind of had the same feeling of, I don't know if you saw um, Dumb and Dumber 2, but it had no. the same, I did, and <laughs> it, it has a very similar feeling of just them kind of like winking and nodding like look we're doing this again uh but the other issue i had is that so spoilers but i mean you find this out in the first five minutes of the movie um the police station that they were working at gets like actually like because at the end of the first movie the police that you find out the the patrol station gets closed down and they start as local police and that's where the movie ends. And then this movie picks up. And I just assumed that it would pick up with them still being cops. No, it picks up with them having all been laid off at the end of the very first movie. <laughs> and um, being in a construction business that's run by, uh, I think his name's Kevin Hefferman. His character, Farva, that he owns. And... I don't know. It just doesn't make a... There's a lot of logic gaps. And I get that it's a Super Troopers movie, and it's a comedy, and, like, you shouldn't have to think that hard, but, I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> There's just a lot of stuff. That being said, I, I watched this on... while well, I was uh, on the bus riding to Chicago, and it did make me burst out laughing one time, 
And I think it was just because it didn't... I don't know that the joke is that funny itself, but I think it's just because I was expecting something completely different. Um, and and the joke that made me laugh is that there's a part where uh, Farva and one of the other characters are have pulled somebody over and somebody drives by and yells like fuck america or something like that because they're in canada and farva jumps in the police car and takes off like he's going to beat the crap out of the other guy which i assume is what's going to happen and the other police officer's like oh man what's what's going to happen oh no i got to radio this in and then uh, farva prom- promptly just drives the car straight into a tree <laughs> and <laughs> I think the only, like I think the reason that worked so well is because it was not at all what I thought was going to happen, and yeah, I just I busted up laughing on the bus. That's not bad. That's not bad. So, but beyond that one scene, there really isn't anything in this movie that you can't see from just watching the first one. Um, I would say that if you're like a diehard Broken Lizard fan, then you've probably already watched it. <laughs> Uh, but if you're not, I mean, there's there's nothing here that you're not, you're, you're that you're that you're missing out on. Okay, right on. So, with that being said, uh, what is the best thing that you've seen recently? The best thing I've seen recently, uh, and this is this is gonna tie into the movie we're gonna talk about. Um, uh, I watched Get Out. Um, nice. I specifically didn't realize that I. Didn't own it on Blu-ray. Excuse me. Uh, so that is what I did. I bought it on Blu-ray. And I... Uh, the great thing with buying on physical media, and you can still do this on digital on some platforms, but there is audio commentary by Jordan Peele, which I did watch, and I haven't done that in a while because that's what I used to do before the internet was more widespread and you could just listen to podcasts all the time was what I did was just listen to audio commentaries on the DVD sets I had, the movies or the series. Um, And so I watched the movie over again. I didn't just, like, jump right into the commentary. Um, But, yeah, that's a good commentary. Uh, It's still a good movie. I think, I don't know if there'd be a lot of people who would argue with that. Um, But I wanted to rewatch it. Um, I actually watched it after I watched Us. Um, and like, it still holds together. There's, there's some stuff that people argue about, like, you know, them, uh, Jordan Peele maybe going a little bit too literal, like, cause that's a very specific thing that he's talking about and very specific thing that he's doing in that movie, which I think makes it so effective. Um, uh, and, um, I, that's just a really good movie. It just, like, grabs you, like, right at the beginning. And, like, it really is just, like, one of those movies um, that you really can't, like, peel yourself away from. Oh, I said... <laughs> Why did I do that, Jason? You can't, you can't peel yourself I'm away not, from the I'm screen. not cutting that out. That's some good shit right there. Um, and, uh, we can stop drilling. We've hit gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, time uh, time to stop recording. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Um, but uh, the one thing that uh, I was shocked by when I uh, on rewatch because I'm I'm just very upset that I did not like keep up with uh, Caleb Landry Jones's career because like 
I forgot he was like one of my favorite parts of that movie and I haven't really seen him in a whole bunch of stuff since Get Out so I feel like I want to go back and like do one of those like actor like binge watches and try to like see all the good stuff that like he's been in because there's one other yeah. film that I know he's been in that's really good which is um uh The Last Exorcism which I feel like is maybe one of the best um uh found found footage horror films so I, I agree that movie is severely underrated the second one I was would, garbage but um, wait wait I, I would also like to quickly point out that my I told my brother to watch that movie and uh, he, for those of you who have not seen it, it is a found footage movie, and it's supposed to be like this priest, and he's doing his last exorcism, and but it's, the first, it's, it's uh, I don't know if you're gonna get to it, but it, like he's been like faking it, like yes, he didn't, he doesn't that's do actual was, exorcisms. Yeah, that's that's what I was getting to. Is that the first like ten minutes or so is just showing him like try to fake his way through this exorcism. And when I asked my brother if he watched it, his response was, no, it was stupid. The guy's not really a, a priest. He's just faking exorcisms. <laughs> it, was just, it was just a documentary. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Matt. <laughs> it's just yeah. a documentary. <laughs> That's, <laughs> you, need to, you need to go back and watch that. Oh, Matt, if you ever listen. <laughs> hi, hi, Matt. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, no, I... Uh, Get Get Out is is fantastic, and, and I feel like we'll we'll talk about this later. But there are a lot of layered elements within Get Out that I feel like are s- similar to how he made us, mm-hmm. and it's really really cool. And yeah, that movie is just fantastic. Also, wanted to say that. Uh, Caleb Landry Jones is uh, Caleb Landry Jones is also in uh, three billboards outside of Missouri, okay. which is another fantastically amazing movie. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you want something a little bit more mainstream, because I know that movie kind of deals with difficult topics. If you want to go to another Caleb Landry Jones film, you can go to X Men First Class. That is where he plays Banshee, where he just screams, mm-hmm. and he's. That's the first place I saw him. Besides, no, it was the last Exorcism, and then I saw him in X Men. But yeah, he's he's pretty good. He's he's very good in that movie. Agreed. All right. What's the best thing you watch, Jason? <laughs> so I am actually really excited because I got to see one of the films that I was most excited for this year. And that is Craig Zoller's new movie, Dragged Across Concrete, mm. which stars Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson. And I I had my expectations tethered a little bit. Haha, <laughs> tethered. tethered. Anyway. Shut up, Jason. <laughs> I Only I can make the bad jokes. <laughs> um, tethered just a little bit because... Uh, some of the reviews that I read had said that you know the it, it wasn't what they thought it was going to be, and I watched it. And t- to be fair, the trailer is very misleading because the trailer makes it look like it's about these two cops who are just running around robbing people because they got caught on video beating a suspect and have been suspended without pay, and that's not totally what it's about. Um, I really enjoyed it. I 
think that regardless of the quality of person Mel Gibson might be, he's still a pretty decent actor. And I like Vince Vaughn in the serious roles that he's been doing. And one of those would be Brawl Across, or not Brawl Across, uh, Brawl in Cell Block 99. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is another Craig Zoller movie. Yep. And so I have, I'm a huge fan of Bone Tomahawk. I'm a huge fan of Brawl and Cell Block 99. And I liked this quite a bit. I don't think that it fully lived up to my expectations. And part of that is just because it is a... Vi- I mean, all of his films are slow burns. This one, though, is very, very... has a very self-indulgent feel to it. Um, the first 15 minutes are good solid storytelling and then there's just about an hour of vince vaughn and mel gibson sitting in a car watching people do stuff (laughs) and then the the movie picks up again after that (laughs) um so it's also I, i will say it's nowhere near as brutal and violent as his other two movies um but this film is much more nihilistic and yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I guess you could say this is a spoiler, maybe. But I do think it's funny that he had one of the lines that Mel Gibson and you know Mel Gibson is very or can be seen as a very controversial figure just due to uh, the way that he acts in his personal life and the way that you know like those few recordings have gotten out. And there's a line that his character utters in the movie, which is uh, he's I mean he's a cop and he lives in kind of a ghettoy neighborhood. And his line is, I never considered myself a racist until I until I lived here. And I just thought there was something <laughs> fascinating about having Mel Gibson's character say that line. Um, well, yeah, anyway. I mean, that stuff is always going to follow him. Like, I feel like people who have figured that out or listened to that or just kind of um, know things about his personal life they're just going to not want to watch what he's in. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. If, when it comes down to it, I mean, the best thing you can do is just kind of meet it head on. Or I wouldn't say having a sense of humor about it would be the right phrase. But definitely, yeah. like, be like, oh, yeah, you know, that's this is what's happened. I'm I'm playing against it. And, like, he's essentially has had a heel turn since that time because he was a villain in two movies that I watched and really liked because he was the villain which are uh, Machete Kills and yep. uh, Expendables 3 which I may be like one of five people on the entire planet who actually really likes that movie because I'm a crazy <laughs> person but he's also like just a very good villain in that movie I, I do just quickly want to say that for me, the real MVP of the movie was uh, an actor who, as far as I can tell, hasn't been in a whole lot. Like, he's been in stuff, but he it's mostly, like, uh, bit parts. Like, he's not in the movie a lot. And I would argue that he's the real star of, of Dragged Across Concrete, and his name is Tori Kittles. Mm. And so I'm, I plan on keeping my eye out because he did a great job, and he was really fun to watch. And I really hope that he gets more uh, leading roles soon because I really liked him. 
anyway, yeah, no, I, I liked I liked Drager Cross Concrete a lot. It did not live up to my expectations, but I still enjoyed it. So if uh, Craig Zoller's previous movies have been maybe a little too violent for you or lacked, I don't know, story, or just lacked two guys sitting in the car doing nothing for an hour, <laughs> um, then, then this one is for you. So with that said, let's get into first impressions of us. Uh, Donnie, do you, would you care to start us off? So... Us was definitely a movie that I enjoyed a lot of. Uh, we're talking about just our basic impressions of the film. Um, like, I like it. Um, it definitely did not hit me as hard as Get Out. I don't know if that's just because that was the first time that Jordan Peele really showed what he could do or, like, what a vision he had uh, when he makes movies. But um, uh, Us was definitely... I, I still felt like he still had a vision like he knows how to direct um, it's I, I've seen a lot of people throw around that like um, that get out was like um, it's a it's social commentary masked as a horror film that's how it was marketed and then this movie is something that maybe people were expecting more social commentary and it's more a straight up horror film and in that aspect, I feel like uh, he succeeded a lot. Because um, I do, I, I enjoyed it as a horror film. Like, there's a lot of, like, uh, meaning that you could maybe pull from a lot of aspects about, like, class about the film. But when it comes mm-hmm. right down to it, it's just like a thriller. Like, it's a, th- yeah. it's a, it's a horror film. And that's what I um, really appreciated. Because... Um, I don't feel like he has to like always have to use a scalpel. Like if if Get Out was a scalpel then like this movie is like a baseball bat. Um and so in in that aspect it's something I'm getting the same like like quality from him, but it's a different like approach and like if he can still if he can keep like mixing it up like this then then like that's what I appreciate. Agreed. Yeah, no, I I really enjoyed uh, this flick, and I was really glad that he came out beforehand and said that, you know, this isn't going to be a social commentary film like Us was. This is just, I want to make a horror movie that stars a black family, and that's what this is. And... I'm glad. I know that a lot of people that I've talked to didn't get to read that, and so they've all been like, "Oh, what's the secret meaning behind blah 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 blah?" And I mean, you can find meaning in anything. There's tons of stuff that you know you can you can read as symbolic, and I don't know that he fully intends for it to to be that way. But regardless, it is. I really really liked it, and it, it's maybe the best review that I can I can give is uh, I saw it with with Caitlin and she was sitting next to me either screaming or going no 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 the entire movie mhm as a as a horror film should make you feel or say exactly yeah um so that being said let's get into spoilers if you have not seen us I highly recommend 
that you go no further until you have watched the movie, which I highly recommend that you do. So, let's get into the details. I guess the first question I have is, what did you think of the twist ending? Well, here's the funny thing, is that, like, the... I mean, I kind of see it... I kind of saw it um, coming to a certain extent. Um, but it's one of those things that, like, I'm kind of dumb. So it when when it hits, it probably does hit. Like, I didn't even know that they were even, like, saying or, like, hinting at what the ending would be. Um, because the, the twist to it is that uh, Lupita's... Uh, character um she actually as a child she's at a boardwalk uh at a you know like the pier um off of uh in california i can't remember um it's bad uh the santa cruz pier i mean that's where they go that's where the beach is yep. um and then she goes down into like uh, uh a haunted house or like a house of mirrors and then she sees her doppelganger and then the the twist that's revealed at the end is that like she didn't she wasn't like shocked into like a catatonic state because she saw her doppelganger it's because her doppelganger like kidnapped her brought her down to where all the other tethered are and uh so she was essentially imprisoned down there as the tethered version of herself came up and became you know like an actual person um yep. she she learned how to talk and all that stuff um the twist is when i thought more about it i didn't like it like it didn't really do anything for me and it also didn't really make much sense because um she is essentially the character she's been this entire time you know so like I I didn't think that she was like really evil. Mm-hmm. Like she she she's been this character. She's apparently suppressed that idea for a really long time, and then all of a sudden like just because she kills her tethered version, which is the real one, like that because I know she she makes a point of saying that um, like they learned how to replicate. Uh, bodies, but they didn't know how to replicate the soul. So it's a soul that's like there's a tug of war between two bodies with one soul. And so my idea was that you know, like all of a sudden they become like one person, like because otherwise, why would she start acting that way? Like when she kills essentially, which oh. is the real, uh, the real version of her then why did she just start making those tethered noises? Um, so that's the thing that kind of just kind of left me scratching my head. Um, and then uh, and then there's a, a second twist, which is the Hands Across America thing, which was, that's just funny. Um, but um, I don't know, like at some point I'm like, Maybe there's something more that I have to go back and watch and see if there's something. Because, you know, at uh, just like Get Out, like Get Out becomes a completely different movie once you understand 
why all the characters are doing the things they want it or are doing. And yes. I think on a second showing, then I'll probably like actually be able to see a little bit more of why she is a little bit more dodgy about going back there or kind of how she's acting. Yes. Because and I, I, I would like to quickly jump in because I actually saw it again today. And so um, I've seen it twice now. And the second time, it was very much less of a horror movie. And it felt more just like a, a film about, I don't know. I mean, these people that, you know, we're not aware are there. And they're just trying to make their voice heard. And they don't know how else to do it. And <clears throat> while... Oh, I remember what I was going to say. The it's it goes back to the discussion. I don't think we ever put the Alien Covenant episode out. No. But uh it goes back to kind of the conversation we had about Alien Covenant. Um for me and just in reference to the twist, I just want to say this real quick, which is as soon as I'm aware that there's a doppelganger in a movie, I know that they're going to we're going to find out they switch places at some point. Like that's going to happen. It always happens. It's never not happened. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> Well, and so, also, I think they really they really tell us straight that, or you know, they really foreshadow that because uh, she's the only tethered that knows how to actually speak. Yep. Like she starts rasping at first when they all sit down and she starts talking, um, but that's only because she hasn't like used her voice in a million years. <laughs> well, actually, I I have I have another uh, theory about that, which is. If if you remember, um, at the end of the movie when they show the uh, what are their names? It's uh, do you remember the the characters' names? Because there's two of them, and I know one of their names is Red, and I don't remember what the other like the real hers name is. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my okay. head. Okay. Well, so the basically the one that lives. We'll just say the one that lives. The one that lives. Um, or the the real girl goes down, and then the tethered version turns around and grabs her throat and squeezes. And so, oh, okay. my understanding has been that she just crushed like her vocal cords, and so that's just how she sounds now. Okay. Um, which I thought was kind of a cool choice because. You know, you're watching the movie and you're like, why do they sound like this? And it's like, oh, well, because the other ones don't know how to talk and her voice thing has been crushed. Her voice <laughs> so that's thing. just, yeah, her, her vocal cords have been crushed. So that's uh, just how she sounds. Her name is Adelaide. Adelaide. Right. I knew it. I, I Well, okay. I knew I had an L in it. <laughs> uh, I was pretty sure it started with an A and I knew it wasn't Angela. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, no, I, so that, that, that made sense. But anyway, I just wanted to say that on the second viewing, I enjoyed it more just because it's kind of like with get out where you don't know, there's all this weird stuff that happens and you don't know why it's happening, which it works because it adds to your fright because it's like, why is this happening? And then you rewatch it again and, and it, it 
it almost like i said it, it almost wasn't a horror movie anymore it was more kind of like a sad story about these people who just want to be seen yeah and i, I, I also think, think i think he is a master of that i think he mm-hmm. i like i watched get out again um and like you can only watch that movie once like every other time yep. after you watch it for the first time is a different movie like yep. it no longer has like well essentially that edge to it um because you just know how these characters are acting because you already know who they are like it's all been revealed to you and then now you're just kind of enjoying how like how it it got that way or you know like Mm -hmm. it's it's just kind of really i don't know like i can't remember the last time i've watched a movie and it was like that Mm-hmm. No, I I agree, and I'm I was really happy that because one of the things that I loved so much about Get Out is kind of like what I just said about us, where you know there's all this weird shit happening and you don't know why, and then you rewatch it and you're like, oh, and I was really happy also that he continued that tradition with us, and oh, it's just great. Like I'm so excited to see what he does next because. These these two movies are both just phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, it'll. I mean, I guess it'll be a while. The one thing we can look forward to is is I don't know if he has done like a specific episode of the Twilight Zone series that he is um, that's about to come out that he's like hosting essentially. He's the new Rod Sterling apparently. Yep. Um. So you know, or yeah, I th- Sterling. think I. I could be completely wrong. I think I read that he directed the first one. Okay. Which stars Kumail Nanjiani. <laughs> also saw, saw a trailer for the, the series today. and Or a new trailer that I hadn't seen before. Um, with like Adam Scott and Kumail and a couple other people. And man, I cannot wait for that show. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. It'll be good. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be wonderful. I wanted to, the the only criticism that I feel like I have about the film in a negative sense is I wish and I know they already don't spend a lot of time but I wish that they would have either cut out or spent less time showing the stuff with Elizabeth Moss and Tim Heidecker. Yeah at the at the end of the movie just because it it feels like it it's only there to serve for like i don't know scariness for scariness sake i don't really know that at least for me it, it doesn't like they don't interact with their doubles anymore i don't yeah, know yeah that was very <clears throat> abrupt the the one part that it does add is that they get to watch the news and so you get to see how the rest of the world is reacting mm-hmm. which is kind of fun and uh watching <clears throat> Watching, I don't know if I'm actually saying his name right, but watching Tim Heidecker act as his doppelganger <laughs> is pretty hilarious. It was so good. For a second there, it kind of took me out of the film because I was just like, oh, we're just in a Tim and Eric sketch now. This yep. is just awesome show. Great job. That's, I was expecting him to just like say like free real estate or something. It's 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 kind of like because like he actually did something that's like not too far off from the vibe of what this movie is. Um, Mm -hmm. after he did that it's called uh, Tim and Eric's Bedtime Stories which like they're still ludicrous but like 
like taken very seriously and if you watch like any number of those like it's very specifically this like like the that show that they did is like is in the same realm as uh us like us is like kind of a heightened reality just like uh get out is like there's some things you can't really take literally and him acting the way he does in that movie is just <laughs> like at for a second there also because they have these like really dark rings around their eyes mm-hmm. um and i was just like oh this you know what i think I think Tim Heidecker is going to be the next Beetlejuice. Like, that's the only thing that I was thinking when I saw him acting like that. It was so funny. Uh, yeah, no, the part that killed me is when is when Adelaide knocks on the door, and he opens the door, and then just, like, throws his hand up, or his hands up, like, hey! And he smiles, like that big, dumb <laughs> smile, and then she just gets pulled into the house. Yeah. Oh, man, I was... I was dying in the theater. Part of me was like, happened. I knew she wasn't dead because obviously she wasn't dead. But yeah. I was just like, how does the rest of the family just assume she's not killed right away? What? Good point. Um, yeah, and there was, uh, I don't know what my feelings are on Elizabeth Moss's uh, interpretation of her character, her tethered version, but. Uh, she was okay, just not quite. Uh, like I'm, I can't. I'm not gonna say that I have a better idea of what she should have been doing, but like, and but like you put her next to Tim Heidecker, and it's kind of hard to like outshine that. Well, I was I was just gonna say that like it's. I feel like she didn't have anything to do because the version of her that she's imitating is so one dimensional. Mm-hmm. And I I get that so is Tim Heidecker's character, but like there's stuff to reflect from his. his well, yeah, because his tethered version. is just like being like a wacky asshole as opposed to the normal him, which is just like uh, an asshole. Um, yeah. And then uh, Elizabeth Moss's character is just kind of this person who like hates her life, and then the only thing she's like worried about, the main thing she's worried about, is how she looks, and then mm-hmm. that is reflected in her tethered uh, version, which she cuts her jawline because that's, like, she, you know, wants to take skin off. And, you know, yeah. that I mean, that's specifically what that is. At least mm-hmm. I took it as. And so, yeah, there's not, like, a whole bunch of, like, stuff to say about it other than just having, like, one or two creepy scenes or gags mm-hmm. with her. Or the fact that there... I think that is funny, like, when... Uh, uh, Winston Gook, Winston, oh my gosh, excuse Winston me, Duke? yeah, <laughs> when uh, Winston uh, Duke's character, who's is, his name is Gabe, um, who's mm-hmm. the husband of uh, uh, of um, Adelaide, um, like he kills uh, Tim Heidecker's character off camera in the boat, and she's looking out. And looking down as, like, the boat's on fire or, like, he's dying. I think it's just a red light mm-hmm. from the flare. And, uh, like, at first she's, like, crying because he's dying or is dead. And then she just, like, starts laughing, which is, like, yep. Because, like, they both hate each other. So yep. it would make sense that the, the tethered would both, you know, hate each other. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. No, yeah. Just, it just felt like there was a lot of stuff that they did with her that just seemed, like I said, being scary for just being scary. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it, it, the positive side is that it was well done. <laughs> and so regardless, it's still fun to watch. Um, but yeah, no, and, and for that being my only real complaint, I feel like that speaks uh, loads about the quality of the overall film, which is fantastic. I do, did want to say quickly, the one point that I was trying to make with the ending is that whenever I see a twist ending like that coming, one of the things that I appreciated so much about us was that I got that twist, but it wasn't at all the type of twist that I thought it was going to be because I like, as soon as that happens, as soon as the doppelgangers are, like I said, as soon as they're introduced, you're like, Oh, they're going to switch places. And I just assumed that at one point we were going to think that Adelaide had killed red and really red was alive and she was taking Adelaide's place. And that was how it was going to end. And instead, I mean, it, it is kind of that, but it, the way that they set it up is so, so different and so phenomenal and i just loved it so that being said i would highly recommend us to everyone <laughs> you should go see this movie yeah it it's a good time great. yeah it and, is uh it it is rated r but i don't know like specifically for me like these part of me actually is very like specifically i don't I think that the R rating is something that I feel like more people should watch this. Like, I don't think you have to be, you know, 17 or older. You don't have to be 18 to mm-hmm. watch this kind of movie. Um, it is a horror movie, and there were some kids who snuck into my theater, and um, they were they were pushed out of the theater because they didn't have anybody with them, and then, like, 10 minutes later, they snuck back into the theater. I wasn't going to tell on them. Whatever. Have this this is like maybe not the the worst case scenario when it comes to like sneaking into an R-rated film because there's not like really any like sexual situations. It is it does get violent from time to time. There's blood, but overall I think it's just more like comic mischief for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um uh some of the stuff at the end is uh uh is a little um I I would say disturbing. Um but yeah, I don't know. It's I I personally think it's a it's a great film, um, and I would I would highly recommend it to anybody. Yeah, no, uh, same. And all of that being said, I do have a couple of recommendations that I'd like to throw out there of other films that are like this that I don't know that you know have gotten the attention they deserve. Two of them are similarly I mean they're all I'm just going to be honest they're all doppelganger movies mm-hmm. <laughs> two of them are darker uh, so I'm just going to start with one uh, Enemy by Denis Villeneuve or Villeneuve however you say his name uh, which yeah, I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've seen Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal no I want to it's been like on the outskirts of my watch list forever all right, so Enemy, I, I'm a huge fan of at least the movie. I haven't seen all of uh, Denis Villeneuve's films, but I am a huge fan of the films that I have seen, 
and Enemy is the is the newest one that I've watched because I recently saw it. And it's about Jake Gyllenhaal, and he discovers that he's a doppelganger, and basically he just becomes obsessed with watching his doppelganger until, and like he starts slipping into his life and all of this stuff. And it's it's definitely, I don't know how else to put it. It's fucking weird, <laughs> and yeah, that's, it's def- that's pretty much what I've heard. <laughs> it's definitely more on the darker or. Uh, maybe suspense would be a better term. Um, but that being said, if you can get through, there are some very long, uh, dry scenes. But as long as you're willing to put up with that and suffer through the weirdness, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good film. I enjoyed it. Uh, the next one I want to talk about is, I believe you say his name. It's uh, Richard Aode, um, the Double. Uh, oh. Richard Ayo wrote and directed it. It's an adaptation of The Double by Fyodor Dostoevsky. And it stars Jesse Eisenberg and Maya Wasikowska, who is one of my favorite actresses. And I don't have you seen The Double? No, it's it's definitely one of those films that like I remember seeing either like a trailer or like the case of the of the movie, the poster, and like it was like, oh and then like the year passes and then that stuff kinda like leaves my brain. Yeah, no, it's it's good. I I liked it. It's funny. It deals with some interesting stuff that's kind of similar to what goes on in um to what goes on in us. It's about a guy who works, and one day his a perfect double shows up and kind of starts trying to replace him, and it's more of a comedy but it's still got some some horror elements to it the last one that i want to talk about is charlie mcdowell's uh film the one i love which also stars elizabeth moss mm-hmm. have you I, seen the one i love i i actually um i have not seen it but i had that uh, inadvertently spoiled for me because um it turned out that like the one review i watched of us also mentioned that Elizabeth Moss was in that film, because that's yeah. the one you're. T- yep. <laughs> so, and, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and, and so that and yeah. The the setting for the one I love. I mean, I I love it because it's about this married couple. It's about Mark Duplass and Elizabeth Moss, and they are basically the only two people in the whole movie. I mean, Ted Danson is in it right at the start, but after that, it's pretty much just those two. And um, they go to this beach house. And they dis or they go to this uh, yeah they go to this beach house to, uh, as a resort and they discover that whenever they go to the, into the guest house their ideal version of their spouse is in the guest house and they can't like they they there's like rules to it like they can't both go in and meet their doubles <clears throat> it's just one at a time and. There's something unnerving about it, but it's, I mean, it's mostly a comedy, but in <clears throat> a romantic film, but there's, there's something unnerving about watching it. And I feel like that is one of the most like highly overlooked films because I love it and it's interesting. It's a fascinating idea and they do so much cool stuff, <laughs> uh, with the premise and I, 
I also just love Elizabeth Moss and Mark Duplass both. And I cannot, I don't feel like I can recommend it highly enough that you would watch it and be like, oh, well, that wasn't as good as Jason said it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so those are my three recommendations. I don't know if you have any that you want to throw out there. Uh, I had one off the top of my head that I don't know if it's, um, I don't know if it's, it's absolutely super relevant but it for some reason it popped up into my mind but um i would recommend watching uh frailty um okay frailty is a movie that stars uh uh bill paxton uh rest in peace uh matthew mm-hmm. mcconaughey and i think that's mostly the two main actors in the film uh but um the movie is just uh, oh, it's Stacy Keach too is in it. Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, He's one of my favorite character actors. <laughs> and uh, I think the reason why it popped into my mind is because we were talking about twist endings and how like when you when you because um, it, it's a horror movie, it's a thriller. It's essentially mm-hmm. about Bill Paxton's character like seeing this light from God and telling his sons because he has two sons. And he tells them both, he's like, I can see the demons in people. I can see when people are evil. And one son is 100% on board, the younger son. And the older son is like, you're crazy, dad. And then, like, essentially the whole movie is, like, how they navigated through life and how, like, um, you know, everything that transpired. Um, and and there's a twist ending that also reveals identity switching and then also, like, figuring out something is, like, like, I would, I don't actually want to spoil what it is, but there are things that come to light that I just feel like is a good, like, if you want something that is, like, like, has a very specific tone to it, and, and is, like, very specifically trying to do something, like a Get Out or an Us, and then yeah. has, like, an ending that will make you look the next time you see that film, like you're not going to see it the same way. Um, it's, it's the closest thing that comes to mind when like, I think I was, I was feeling out my brain for like the last time that like my brain had that kind of reaction. Um, and that would be it. Um, so yeah, Yeah. I would say, uh, go back and watch that. I think that's a, uh, I don't know if it's technically underrated. Um, cause I really don't hear a bunch of people talk about it, but Mm -hmm. it is very good. Yeah, no, I remember when you told me to watch it, and I think you lent me your DVD copy, and I do not remember it very well. (laughs) All I remember is that when I finished watching it, I was upset. (laughs) And not like, not like upset, like, oh, this movie sucked. I was like, the movie made me upset. (laughs) Mm-hmm. For and not not like upset like angry like oh I just watched this piece of crap like it made me upset in like a good way <laughs> and yeah no I really enjoyed I really enjoyed that flick I, now I want to rewatch it because I do not remember it very well I feel like I feel like the upset you were feeling was just like oh I d- mm, but they're yeah, right yeah. <laughs> yeah it was that Gosh, it was literally it. that yeah <laughs> all right anyway. So, uh, those are our recommendations. If you liked us, you should check out those movies as well. Uh, and now, we are going to get into some wild, 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 wild <laughs> with little to no basis in reality, speculations 
Uh, to kick us off, we're going to start by speculating the plot of and just what's going to happen in the so far very tightly kept plot details for Star Wars Episode Nine. And really the only thing that they have said is that uh, this is definitely going to be the end of the Skywalker series. And the other thing, which they said this last time, so I don't know that I believe them, but they've said that Lando is definitely going to be in this one. (laughs) But they also said that about The Last Jedi, so I don't really believe them. (laughs) Yeah, I guess we'll we'll definitely see, because they are... Are they filming it right now? They've got some stuff going. Well, they have to be filming it. Yes, they are filming it. I, I actually had to stop myself and tell myself I was stupid because it is coming out this December. We're already yes. into pretty much April at this point. Um, they, they have to be either wrapping up or in post. Right. Um, so just disregard what I just said. Uh, my speculation is that, like... I, I really hope that it's end of the Skywalker. If they've confirmed that, then that's good. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind a little bit of Lando in my episode nine. That's for sure. Um, and also, I just want to... I think there's been a little bit too much discourse on uh, The Last Jedi. And has been a very div- divisive uh, uh, film for a lot of people. Yep. And I just hope that... Uh, I think that they did a very specific thing in getting J.J. Abrams to come back and do Episode Nine because they don't want to take any risks. They saw taking risks with The Last Jedi and seeing how there was, like, it did some very specific stuff that a lot of people liked um, for some people, and then for other people, like, it made you not want to look forward to another Star Wars movie ever again, you know? Um, and that I'm kind of in that camp. I was just like, well, they didn't really leave it off with anything, so I did not anything for me to want to look forward to. So yeah. I'm, 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 I'm just going to say this, because I think they already tried this with the Porgs. I think they're going to have another, like, cuddly race... Of, of cute animal aliens that are going to save the universe and that's the only thing that I'm looking forward to if it's not in it then it's already like 0% it's, I, it's I'm not excited for it Jason and I'm I'm not either I have told uh, I've told people multiple times that I have never been like less excited to want to go see a movie <laughs> than I am about episode 9. And I think the big reason is because J.J. Abrams comes in, sets up this whole world, Ryan Johnson shows up, retcons all of it. Essentially. (laughs) And then sets us up with nothing for the sequel. And now we're on the the last one. Um, I I mean, the one one thing that I will say is I am very glad Colin Trevorrow is not... Or Trevorrow is not directing it. Yes. Um, Of course. So it's got that going for it. Yes. I... I, I, Part of me just... I just assume now that, like, oh, we're going to find out Snoke's not really dead and that Ray's parents do matter and just, like, all of this stuff that uh, JJ is going to do that just retcons everything from The Last Jedi. I just think it would be so funny. Luke's not dead. Luke's not dead. He's still alive. Like, oh, yeah, spoilers. Isn't, yeah, isn't he, like, in this movie? Haven't they, like, revealed oh, that, like, he is cast for this film? Yeah, they've confirmed that both he and Carrie Fisher are going to be in this. Yeah, because they, <laughs> they do, like, 
They said they were going to use some stock footage of Carrie Fisher yeah. or something. Okay. Something like that. Because, yeah, they're not... Oh, God. They better not digitally recreate her. They already messed that up with Rogue One. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, if, if Episode Nine just turned out to be a completely CGI film, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> um, it'd be a lot better than... I don't know. Because, yeah, it's, like, so distraught. It seems like this trilogy has been, like... Like, you can look at the original trilogy, which is, like, kind of a weird mosh-posh of genres. It's still, like, always, like, this space opera. But, like, uh, this, like the first movie is, like, an opening adventure. And then the second one is, like, this weird dreary, like, everybody's down. Every, our heroes are in the thick of it. And then the third film is kind of a little bit more lighthearted, um, especially mm-hmm. at, the, at the last half. And then, like, uh, the prequel trilogy was, like... <laughs> varying degrees of just like like weird political like thriller that's also kind of jarring and and at the center of it all is is like a character and an actor who like doesn't seem like they were given very good direction in the first place and then it kind of turned into this weird thing that was apparently salvaged at the end because there's a lot of people anybody who says anything good about the prequels that seem to have like any sense in their mind is that like oh revenge of the sith was like fine they kind of saved it um and and then this one is like maybe the most like unbalanced of like the three trilogies of the skywalker saga and it's uh like it's not even like weirdly off balance in a in like a good way it's just like like you said like i after walking out of last jedi i was just like well I guess there's going to be an episode nine. I guess I don't, I guess we have solo to look forward to. And like, I, right. I had fun with solo. Like it's I not, too. it's not something that like, I feel like I want to put on my mantelpiece or something like that. But I, I was disappointed. Like I, I don't know that I could have ever been happy with that movie just because I was so excited for Miller and Lord to do a star Wars movie. And then they didn't do it. <laughs> Um, so I don't know that I could have ever actually been happy with solo, but all right. So I have one question. I have one question for you for okay. our next. So end game of Avengers end game, which character is going to kill Thanos? <laughs> well, if you've been reading the internet lately, I think you know, which character is going to kill Thanos. I don't um, know which character you think is going to kill Thanos. I know what you're referring to. Ant-Man, right? Yes. Yeah. The, the Thanos theory. Anyway, let's not mention that ever again. I don't know why I said it out loud in the first place. All I right. personally think my wild speculation is that Thanos is going to do himself in. Yeah, that does seem to be the uh, tradition of superhero movies. Because I don't... Because, okay, uh, Avengers... Um, uh, oh my gosh! What? Was, yeah, Infinity War. When Avengers: Infinity War, like, it was very specifically directed, and I think the Russos did a really good job of making it Thanos's film. Like, that was not yep. like about any other like the Avengers at all. That was specifically Thanos's story. He was the main character, and the main character won at the end of the movie, and that's just what happens. Yeah. Um, and then this is going to be the flip side to that, where like. In every way that he succeeded 
in the last movie, he's going to fail in this movie. And I feel yeah. like like it's possible he's not like going to like snap himself out of existence or something like that. But I do feel like um what he does like the reason why he didn't die in the last movie was the fault of of Thor, was a fault of the Avenger. Um and in this movie it's going to be his fault. Like uh, and like because otherwise I don't see how else like he did exactly what he was going to do. Yep. And um yeah, I I so I there might be someone who they have dramatically like stab him in the heart or something like that. I feel like we already got that at the end of the last film. I think yeah. uh it's going to be a little bit more anticlimactic than that. But it, that I think it's just going to be him like I don't know, dying. Blowing himself up. Yeah. Maybe. If if I could pick I would like it to be Gamora. Yeah, but because I'm, come on, are we are we really like fooling ourselves and saying that the people in like the grade photos, the posters, are like not going to be in the movie at all because they're coming back? Yeah, there's right, there's no, no way they're not. That being said, I know it's not going to be her. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I which, feel like that would be too straightforward. I do think it would be awesome if it was uh, Rocket, though. <laughs> That would be good. That would be very right. good. Because, yeah, I mean, yes, I would like that very much. If, if all or, the other, you know, if what? all the other Avengers are dead, <laughs> it's just Rocket. What if it turns out? What if it turns out that it's actually Drax that like finally actually does that, it? He's been yelling that would, about. It. That would be awesome because he he's the one that kills him in the comics, isn't it? Well, I guess so. Like in the I, original Infinity War storyline, it's very possible. I can't actually speak to that, but I'm ninety uh, percent sure. It's no, no, no. Facts. I have, a, I have a better idea. I, I think okay. this is actually going to happen. All right, someone, Thanos, or someone is going to kill Thanos, and then uh, wait, like, Thanos, Thanos, yeah. or someone is going to kill Thanos. Yes, Thanos, or yeah, because like I said, like I, I feel like Thanos might actually do himself in. Or uh, it's going to be someone other than Drax who kills him. You know, like, it can be anybody except for Drax who kills Thanos. And then Thanos, like, breathes his last death. And, like, maybe, like, like Tony Stark and, like, Thanos have this, like, understanding of, like, two crazy madmen who had good intentions but actually ruined everything. Which is mostly what Iron Man's storyline has been, like, this entire time. He almost did it in... uh, uh, Age of Ultron. Yes. Um, I feel like they're gonna have this understanding. It's gonna be this quiet, very serious moment, and then and then Drax is gonna come in and just like behead Thanos's dead body or something, <laughs> or like he's gonna stab. He's like, ha ha. Because I post credit scene. I want to see. <laughs> or you know, Jeff Goldblum comes back. Who knows? Oh, that would be great too. Um, <clears throat> yeah. No, I. Uh... Yeah, this this is all this is all gold. Uh, <laughs> all right, so on to the next one. The, uh, the the final movie that we are going to speculate about is Jane Silent Bob reboot. I know that you have not been paying attention to any of the press or anything about this movie. I have only seen a few of the pictures that uh, uh, Kevin Smith has posted online. I guess my biggest question is. 
Um, and the biggest thing that we can speculate about this, because and, and for those of you who haven't heard, uh, Jane Silent Re- Jane Silent Bob reboot is going to star Kevin Smith, Jason Mewes, and it's literally the same movie as Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Uh, Hollywood is rebooting the Blunt Man and Chronic movie. They hear about it. They decide to go stop it. It's the exact same plot as <laughs> the, as Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. So. My biggest question is, do you think it is going to be entertaining? <laughs> uh, I will say, that's the funny thing, too, because you and I both grew up on uh, Kevin Smith films, like, oh yeah, very unironically. Like, mm-hmm. I, I consider, I haven't watched it in a while, and I'm kind of afraid to go back to it, but, like, I considered Clerks to be one of those, like, watershed moments of, like, someone who had been watching films... And like, kind of have your eyes open to what, like, like what independent film is and stuff like that, or what uh, can be done on such a small budget. And oh, absolutely. And also, it's just like one of those cult classics that you can just like mm-hmm. just spit off, uh, you know, like quotes. Uh, honestly, I think most of our brains are just <laughs> are are honestly filled when it comes to Clerks is probably the animated series which everybody should watch because it's one of yes. the best things ever. Yes. Um, but like when it comes, but like, like we have very, like in, like in Captain Marvel, like you see Stan Lee, one of his last cameos and he's like reciting his line for Mallrats. He has Mallrats (laughs) right in front of him, which, oh, I loved that. Yeah. It's, it's very good. Um, which I appreciate because like it's in the nineties, you're going to see Stan Lee, like they didn't have to go with a Mallrats thing, but I appreciate it a lot. I am. I'm so glad that they did. That was one of my favorite parts of that whole movie. Right. Uh, yeah, it was very good. Um, and so like, I, when it comes down to it, like I feel like I will enjoy this film regardless. Like I'll be entertained because mm-hmm. if it's bad, I'll be like, wow, how like this is where Kevin Smith is. Like look at how far he's fallen coming at you know as somebody who has watched uh jane and silent bob strike back and like i can recite that entire first like rap that jay does oh, i can <laughs> recite almost the whole movie <laughs> still i can probably recite most of all of his early films right um so it in in that aspect like it's just kind of like we live in a different time of like how we can appreciate Kevin Smith. And I feel like I'll, I'll be interested. I'm actually like knocking it down even further to like, I'll be interested to see what he does at all Mm -hmm. with the characters as uh, considering he's stating as a reboot. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, like I, I just don't want to like, I don't want to have to be sighing in the movie theater. Like, yeah, no, I he, gotcha. He either has to be like very genuine about what he's doing, or he has to be so far on the other side of like, like so aware of how far he's fallen since the films that like we grew up on. That yeah. like he he needs to like because Jane Silent Bob. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back was like one of those films where he like he took something in that universe and he made the like the the cameo characters into their own film and he had to make it into and he like made it into this weird like 
not really like super lowbrow like like not really very well constructed just super dumb kind of film that you wouldn't yeah. expect from from the person who did like the last film he did was dogma which was like super constructed had something very specific to say i'm not saying it didn't have lowbrow humor but like i mean there was a poop there, monster in that film uh, that's what i was about to say <laughs> <laughs> as he as he has said in in many of his stand-ups yeah um but like my, I, I I I need to see another level of awareness for me to genuinely enjoy that film. My excitement for it comes from, I mean, the last comedy, I think I think the last genuine comedy that he made was Zack and Miri make a porno. Right, because Cop Out was before that. Cop no, Cop Out was after Zack and Miri. Was it? Yes. Yeah, but but he didn't write Cop Out. He just he didn't he write it. He it. just directed it. Which yes. I, as much as people, and I'm not saying Cop Out is a good movie, there is some no, good but it's stuff entertaining. It. Yes, <laughs> yeah, there are definitely some good moments in that movie, and um, I liked. I'm I am a huge defender of Red State. I love that movie. I could not stand Tusk on the opposite side of the spectrum. It is absolutely on my list of most hated films. Um, Yoga Hosers is okay and i guess like the biggest thing is that you know he's he has been posting pictures like joy joy lord adams is coming into it um brian o'halloran's gonna be in it Mm -hmm. um oh what's the other guy's name who plays randall is it kevin anderson no that's not his name what is it wait who who plays randall jeff Uh, anderson yes he's not it appears he is not gonna be in it yeah and uh, Sh- Shannon Doherty is she the love interest from Strikes Back? From Strikes Back? No, we're you're talking about Shannon Elizabeth. Yes, sorry, Shannon Which Elizabeth. Is, I did not think it. she was coming back for this film. Yep, <laughs> that's she a lot. is. I'm sure Matt Damon and Ben Affleck will be in it. I'm sure Jason Lee will be in it. Um, well, we need to see. We need to see Good Will Hunting yeah, three. I know. <laughs> <laughs> right or the goodwill hunting reboot what are we gonna um, do will uh, it's so good it's hunting season um, applesauce bitch so uh yeah no I, and i feel like no matter what though like when he gets his gang together it's at least fun in the sense that it is to watch like a bad Robert Rodriguez movie because it's him and his friends and he does it's genuine filmmaking because you know he does a lot of it he funds it himself um he does most of the stuff for the movie and he works with his friends and so at least if nothing else that sort of stuff is fun for me to watch um, and there's a sense of, of satisfaction of watching something that's that loved come together on the screen. So, last thing um, <laughs> that we're going to speculate uh, about, which no. we haven't really gotten as wild as I thought we would, but I'm going to get pretty wild with this one, which is the uh, Pennyworth <laughs> TV show, which is the origin for uh, Batman's butler. <laughs> They were throwing jewels in the river, soils of tangerines. So, uh, yeah, I, I 
<laughs> so many. I just I don't understand. Like who read this and then thought, hey, you know what? This needs to happen. Well, I, the problem I have is that we don't have. I know that like we don't have to like attach actors to certain characters, but. I mean, honestly, I can't really think of Alfred without thinking of Michael Caine now. So I just, I need to have something. But it's not going to be, like, I don't know if they're doing, like, flashback. Like, like, like he's thinking back to, like, when he was younger. I'm sure it's just, like, when he was younger. Because I think, uh, is this attached to the Gotham show? I don't think it's attached to the Gotham show. I think it's part of the DCEU. Okay, because, like, like specifically, like, in Gotham, this is just what I heard, is that, like, he's kind of, like, a badass in that movie, or in that show. Like, like he's actually, like, you know, he comes from, like, Viet- he's, like, a Vietnam vet or something like that, and, like, he, like, has, that's how he trains Bruce Wayne, is because he was in the army, so he, like, just has this... Like it's just it's wait wait wouldn't that be awesome if that was the the prequel like it didn't even like it just opens in Vietnam and yeah it's just a war TV show <laughs> like that's all it's about is his time in Nam doesn't address the Waynes at all and then it just ends yeah that'd be weird I but would yes. be on board for that well like I here's the thing that I kind of love about this stuff and I think DC can actually do it. Because they just kind of fucking do, like, crazy shit sometimes. Like, sometimes they don't even care. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes they're more, like, like the CW, like, where a lot of those DC shows, like, originated or had a home on, like, network television. Like, yep. they still did, like, crazy shit that, like, is not connected at all to anything else. Like, like seriously, in Legends of Tomorrow, which is, like, the team-up show they did on CW... They had Gorilla Grodd try to assassinate Barack Obama. Like, they're. <laughs> like, this That's is a real awesome. thing that has happened. Like, it's. It's not other. Like, I can't even think of, like, DC, like, television properties in a serious way anymore because I know how ridiculous it gets. And so I almost feel like this is going to be kind of, like, more buttoned down. Like, yeah. it's going to be, like, very specifically trying to be. And I've heard people say that it's like almost looks like a James Bond film. They're making Alfred to be James Bond. And I'm like, that sounds kind of tame. Wow, you guys are really just like buttoning it up, aren't you? Like you're not. <laughs> but yeah, I I would I would appreciate a Vietnam prequel for sure. I I would also just enjoy like if it was just like uh, I don't know how else to put this. Like if it was just like diaries from him like taking care of baby bruce wayne <laughs> that that is that's his it's, bedtime stories to baby bruce wayne is like his like he's just like i had to grab oh. my friend who had both of his legs blown off no and no, I no, dragged no, no, him no, no for no. seven days what i i mean if it was like if if it was just if you saw him like taking care of baby bruce wayne and that was it like it was just a show about this uh this butler and he's like oh i gotta I gotta, I gotta change this kid's diaper. Oh man, this stinks! All right, now I gotta feed him. And there's just, there's no context. They don't show anything with the parents. It's just that stuff, Jason, like a, like like a reality TV show or something. Jason, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry, we're not getting a sequel to shoot 'em up. I'm sorry, this is gonna be have to be your outlet for a sequel to shoot 'em up. But yeah. Uh, all right, fine. Um all right, well, let's start wrapping up. I have a question for you. Mm. Have you watched Source Code yet? Oh, of course not. Damn you! What's the day tally up? How many years now? I had too many. Too many. <laughs> too many. All right. Well, once again, I'll promise that I watch it. Tune in next time, people. To see if you do. Yep. The collective Jace needs to know what you think of, of source, source code. code. Yep. And likewise, the collective Jace needs to know what I think of Alpha, and I have not watched it. Ooh. <laughs> yep. Someday. Someday. I did right. see a commercial for Axel, and that was atrocious. Oh, yeah, that movie's awful. Wonderful. It was painful to watch. All right, so. I would quickly just like to plug all of our social media accounts. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, just The Outer Frame. You can find us on, t- which I run. You can find us on Twitter, at The Outer Frame, which Donnie runs. Barely. And you <laughs> you can find us on Instagram, which is, I think, The Outer Frame Podcast. And uh, Caitlin is the one that moderates it. But if you talk to her on that and anybody responds to you, it'll probably be me. <clears throat> I also have one other thing to throw out there. I don't know that it'll be up yet, but uh, we will be posting a video that Caitlin and one of her friends made where they bought all these disgusting types of pop and then proceeded to drink them and film their reactions. And I got to, uh, I guess, direct it? I don't know. (laughs) Yes, let's let's say direction. I like to elevate my status, so I'm going to say I directed it. Yeah, directed. Um. So you can uh, you can look out for that on our social media accounts. Um, I'd like to give a thanks to Preston Alexander for doing our uh, logo and our cover art. You can follow him on Twitter and Twitch and Instagram, which is just at Pralix, I believe, mm-hmm. P-R-A-L-X. Yep. Uh, Dr. Tub Thumper, thank you for doing our intro-outro music. Once again, please let us know if you find any music from someone under that name. It's probably not him, but it might be. We're still trying to find him. <laughs> and then I would like to thank Caitlin Industries for editing our show. Thank you so much to all of you for listening. The Collective Jace, you are a wonderful audience. If you have any feedback, please feel free to leave a comment on something or send us a message. We're dying for human contact. Uh, rate and subscribe our show if you liked it. If you didn't like it, please also rate and subscribe our sh- to our show. Um, we're trying to get better about getting these out more regularly. Sorry about the wait on this one. Mm-hmm. That one was, I was me. on. I was on vacation, and then Donnie was sick. Huh? My my own personal vacation, where most of my body is dead. Yes. Yeah. Is that right. vacation well, really? <laughs> let's let's go ahead and uh and just let's just end on that yeah that's true thank you thank you so much for listening bye bye